And here's the thing. If you don't like a certain church, you can drive two minutes and experience a totally different way of doing church with a totally different method and expression of worship. You can. You are free to do that in America. Churches are all over the place. But even though we are free to worship in a technical sense, protected by the Constitution, even though there are countless churches and church services that you can freely attend, it turns out that physical freedom and spiritual liberation are not the same thing. Freedom on paper does not equal freedom in your soul. What am I trying to say? Many of us in the church today are worshiping as if we are stuck in 16th century Britain. We walk into the house of God like it's a burden. Like we're members of the Church of England bound by obligation. We pray because we have to. We read because we have to. We give because we have to. We stand up and sing the words on the back of the screen because we have to. But that doesn't sound like freedom to me. That sounds like reverting back to the very thing that the early Christian Americans were fleeing from. Come on, somebody. You are free to worship this morning, right now. You are free. Somebody needs to hear that. That means you don't have to stand still. You don't have to sing quiet. You don't have to be right on pitch. Amen. You can dance. You can laugh. You can sing. You can shout. You can give God all the glory and the honor and the praise that he rightfully deserves. That's freedom to worship. You and me and everybody watching online, we have that opportunity. You have a very unique opportunity to give God the most radical praise while you're in the flesh. Listen to me on this. When you die, when you go to meet Jesus, if you've accepted Christ, when you go to meet Jesus, you are going to be perfected with Christ. And when you're at the throne in heaven, you will be worshiping from that perfection. You will be totally free, no sin, no temptation, no aches and pains, no distractions. That's what heaven looks like. But right now, you have the freedom, listen to me, to give God a sacrifice of praise. You can give God a sacrifice of a broken hallelujah. Even when you don't feel like singing, even when you don't feel like shouting, when you don't feel like clapping, you have the opportunity right now, today, to do it anyway. Come on, somebody. You are free to worship. You will never have another opportunity that you have in the 75 years or the 100 years that you're alive. And I want to say, God, I did it while I was down there. When, I did, when my body hurt, when I didn't feel like it, when I was in a bad mood, I gave you a sacrifice of praise. <laughs> that's exciting. And that's the whole point of this message. You are free to worship. You are free. You are free to be spirit-filled and spirit-led with nothing in between. You are living right now the original and the authentic American dream. That's what this is. Yet so many people live their lives in captivity when it comes to worship, bound by embarrassment and chained by pride. 
There have been countless men and women give their lives so that we can stand right here, right now, in a public space and declare that God is good, that God is faithful, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that nobody comes to the Father except through Christ, and I'm going to give him all the praise and the power that I can. Come on. We have that freedom. In January of 2016, I'll tell you a story. In January of 2016, I had been in Elkins for about three months. I was hired to play guitar right here on this stage at what was formerly the American Mountain Theater, which is now Summit Church. Drove up here from Nashville. I was a heathen. I was d- drinking a lot and uh, playing equal, uh, an equal amount of guitar. And that means it was a lot. And I was invited. I was staying up at a hotel up the hill. I was invited uh, by somebody to a Sunday morning service. The church was meeting in the theater at that time. And uh, I was invited. And in spite of some moderate hesitation and feeling only slightly obligated, I drove myself down here all the way from the Isaac Jackson Hotel. (laughs) And when I walked in, I thought, oh no. Uh Uh-oh. Here we go. All these people are crazy. Every last one of them. Every last one of you are nuts. And so I did what a lot of the first-time visitors do. I found a seat in the back, right back there. I'm not pointing anybody out. Don't look. All the red guest bags are back there. Don't look at them. I found a seat. I found a seat right back there, and I did everything I could to blend in. And there may be some first-time guests here right now that, that, are, that are feeling this. Then meet and greet happened. And listen to me, I hated meet and greet. More than I hated anything. Ask my wife. I hated it. Oh, my goodness. So I made that face that a lot of us make, that face that, that, says, that says, please don't talk to me. <laughs> like, I'm sure you're a great person, but just leave me alone. Not today. I don't want to talk to you right now. And then worship started, and I knew I was in for an interesting morning. Hands were everywhere. And hands were not everywhere. Hands were up. There were lots of hands in the air. People were yelling, people were shouting, people were crying. To say I was uncomfortable would have been an understatement of the century. Standing there, I feel like I was going to have a heat stroke. <laughs> so for the next several weeks, to remedy that, I just skipped worship. We're talking about all this coming over crossing the Atlantic on a Mayflower to worship. I wouldn't even drive a quarter mile to do it. <laughs> so I'd skip it and I'd walk in around 1045. Now, eventually, somebody called me out on that, and that somebody was my wife. But I skipped worship. You see, I had convinced myself that, that, that worship just wasn't for me. I didn't mind the word. I didn't mind sitting and listening. But as soon as participation was involved, as soon as vulnerability was involved, I checked all the way out. You see, freedom to worship wasn't something that I even knew I needed. Freedom to worship, uh, uh, I didn't know it was something God had called me to do. And it definitely wasn't something I was interested in. But it wasn't because I wasn't good at it or that I hated God or that I hated music or that I just didn't like people. I just didn't understand what it really meant to worship God freely, to be able to come into this house even when I didn't feel like it and make a sacrifice of praise. But that season was one of the most formative, 
One of the most crucial and pivotal seasons in my life, and it's a season that you may be in the middle of right now. You may be coming to church just trying to figure the whole thing out. You like the word. Kevin, we like listening to you, but worship, ah, we're not really into it. People tell me that, and I think, dude, nobody understands you better than I do. Trust me, I skipped it. At least you're here. I wasn't even coming. And maybe you're not sure about worship. Or maybe you see other people worshiping around you and dancing and jumping, and you see it, but you don't feel it. And you may even want it, but you don't know where to start. One of the first steps in being able to worship freely is by acknowledging the reality that you are free to do it. That 400 years ago, a group of people said we'd give anything to make that happen, and they did. And in this house, I can't speak for everybody else's house. I don't know. But in this house, nobody is judging you. Nobody is staring at you. I used to think, Listen, I used to think, somebody felt this this morning, I promise you. I used to think that there was a spotlight on me. I sat right next to the sound booth, and I used to think there was a spotlight on me, and so I wouldn't move. I wouldn't smile. I wouldn't clap. I wouldn't sing. I definitely wouldn't shout. People probably thought I was getting ready to have a stroke. Like, check on that guy. He hadn't moved. Uh, Hal's up here preaching and he's still standing I was that freaked out but let me tell you something and this is what's true for me and I believe that it's true for you somebody in here is identifying with this right now and I hope some I believe some chains are breaking off of somebody when you stand there and you've worried about that spotlight and you're worried about people other around you are going to think you are making yourself the center of attention You are saying, everyone's watching me, nobody's watching Jesus. You couldn't be more wrong. It couldn't be further from the truth. And listen to me, once I realized that nobody cared about me, nobody was staring at me, nobody was even watching me, and that there wasn't even a spotlight in the back of the sanctuary to point at me if they wanted to, once I came to that realization that all the people around me that were dancing and shouting and clapping, they weren't focused on me. They were focused on Jesus. They're just that excited about Jesus. Once I came to that realization, guess what it did? I became free to worship. It freed me up to be able to say, God, this is all about you and nothing about me. It freed me up to be spirit-filled and spirit-led without any concern about what the people around me were doing or what they were thinking. And that's what it means to be free to worship. And that is what the early Americans had in mind when they crossed the Atlantic on the Mayflower. A land where they could be free to worship God in the way that he was calling them to worship. This is good. This is really good news, guys. I'll tell you another story. I'll never forget the first time that I raised my hands in church, ever. I was absolutely against it and adamant that I would never raise my hands. And careful, by the way, when you say you'll never do something, God may have you doing it for the rest of your life. One night at a downpour, it was just a night of worship. One night at a downpour seven years ago at our old building on Gulf Street, 
I felt the Lord tell me to lift my hands. It wasn't like an audible voice, lift your hands. It wasn't like that. That's a little weird. It was a prompting. It was a prompting. It was a knowing. It was almost a pressure, a spiritual pressure. And I think some of you know what I'm talking about because you felt it this morning. You may be feeling it right now. There's, there's a thing, something inside of you pulling you to take action. There's a voice inside of you saying, I created you to worship. I created you to do this. And the thing is, listen to me, all the men out there as well, your soul, whether you think it does or not, your soul wants to worship God. It is, it, there is a lion inside of your lungs and it wants out. And that night, seven years ago, there was a battle between my flesh and my spirit. The enemy was trying to keep me from my calling, but God was trying to move me to my purpose. And I said no for about an hour. And I sweat the whole stinking time. But as time went on, I found myself deliberating on the different hand positions. Because listen to me. <laughs> Look. Aesthetics are important to me. And if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. And I was thinking about which one I should start with. And, and I'm standing there and I thought, start with the Iron Man, which is kind of like this. It's a pretty subtle one. Pizza delivery. This one is popular. Very popular among new Christians. I even thought about the Titanic. The Jack and Rose. Or the super saint. The all in. But eventually, I gave in to that. And it, listen to this part. In the moment that I took a step of faith and acted in obedience. There's something on that right there. I acted in obedience. Obedience precedes your purpose. Obedience precedes your purpose. Whatever it is that God's wanting you to do and wherever it is that God is wanting you to go, obedience precedes that thing or that place. But I did it. I raised my hands. And from that point forward and to this very day, I have been totally and utterly and completely free to worship God. Totally. I'm not making this up. Listen, I spent 25 years of my life living like I was a citizen of the British Empire, forced to go to church, forced to pay my due, forced to do all these things, only to feel a great distance and a great space between my soul and my Savior. But once I got in the Mayflower, if you will, come on, once I lifted my hands, once I bowed before God and put my pride to the side and gave him all the praise and the honor and the glory, listen to me, once I opened myself up to his presence and responded to his love, I was transformed by his power. Listen, if you today, if you will open yourself up to his presence and if you will respond to his love, you will be transformed by his power. Yes. 